support me all over my career, but I had to call it quits today. I was fine with um, Craig Richards, and I've had two cortisone injections in both shoulders, but I wanted to have a hard spa with him today, I, and um, it just wasn't happening. My shoulders started playing up. Couldn't throw no right hands at all. Um, and I just really want to thank you for being there with me through thick and thin through my career. Without you lot, I would not be the man I am today. And um, today is the day that I actually just hand over the baton to my son, Connor, who's going to carry on the name. But with me, it comes to an end today. But thank you all for all your support. I don't know where I'd be without you. And I just pray that you... You follow Connor just like the same way that you followed me, and I just thank you for a great career beyond my wildest dream. All I want to be was Southern Area Champion, not two-time world champion, but I Hey guys, welcome to the Beautiful Boxing Podcast. Um, just a surprise one today, uh, when I heard the news, as you saw earlier in the clip about Nigel Ben pulling out the fight, I just thought it was a really interesting topic, because I did a podcast on it before, I think it was episode 18. And then I just said, what happens in these sort of situations, especially when you start to age, is the mind moves a lot quicker than the body can. And so you say, when do you actually see this happen? You saw it happen on Saturday night with Ricky Burns, where Ricky Burns was basically falling into his shots for no other reason than his mind was moving a lot quicker than his body was. So his mind was like, right, just go in with the shot. But his body was like, we're not as quick as we used to be. And so he found that where before he would have been able to get in and shut the distance down on someone like Elise Selby, the body just wasn't responding. And age is a real bitch sometimes because you can't escape it. And this is what Nigel found out, I believe. Now, no one apart from the people right in the belly of the beast really know what happened in this Nigel Ben training camp, right? So I'm just going to theorise what I think happened. Now, if we go back to the genesis of it, I'm sure Nigel, you know, he's, he's there with Connor, he's in the matchroom gym, he's hitting the bag and he's hitting the bag nicely and he's looking good and the shots are crisp. We all get that. When you're just hitting the bag nicely, you can throw the, the triple hook and you can throw the, the double uppercut and it all looks really snazzy. And what you say to yourself is, I've still got it. Right? That's exactly what you say to yourself. And for those three minutes, you've still got it. I'll rephrase that, actually. For those three minutes of hitting the bag, let's be very precise about this. For those three minutes of hitting the bag, you've still got it. Now, from there, you've got a choice. You can just go, you know what, I'm just a, I'm a bag warrior for life. And there's no shame in that. Because if you're not boxing competitively, you really just need to be able to defend yourself. Right? And hitting the bag, especially if you've, I mean, if you're experienced and you're seasoned, you can probably deal with most encounters you meet in the street with a couple of punches. So there's no drama in that. You know, stay sharp, stay alert. I get that. The next level you go through is hitting the pads. 
And there are a lot of things you can say about Paz being good, Paz being bad. I'm neither here nor there on it right now for the purposes of this discussion. But you can also look good hitting the pads. You get into the routine. You figure out what the pad man wants from you. You've got your routines nailed. You know when to dip. You know when to pull back. You know when to roll. And you're still saying to yourself, I've still got something in me. And even at 54, 55 years old, you can think that clearly. You know, you know, you're not thinking about physical decline at this point because your mind is telling you, your mind is pulling you back to who you were at your peak. We never really accept, mentally, we never really accept we're not the man that we were. If you don't believe me, how many times do you watch youngsters play a sport that you used to play? Or how many times do you watch youngsters do stuff you used to do? And you're like, I can still do that now. Until you try and do it. The minute you try and do that thing that you thought you could do, you realize very quickly you're old. And you can hit the bag, you can hit the pads, and you can have what I call a sympathetic spa, right? So you might jump in the ring with someone like a Joshua Boatsy, for example. But Joshua Boatsy knows he's in with an old man, so he's not going to turn it up. You know, he doesn't mind taking a few hot ones off a legend because it's like, well, let me just see what he's got. But he's not going to fire back 100% out of respect and just, what's the point? So all these things can come together. You can actually believe I've got one more fight in me. But that's not really the issue. It's not really that. It's, have I got one more camp in me? Now, when Nigel Benn says to someone, I think I've got one more fight left in me. It's going to take a very strong and resolute character to say, mate, you haven't. Just give it up. Or it's going to take a very heartless man having understood where Nigel Ben has come from and how important fighting has been in terms of Nigel Ben dealing with the demons from his past and keeping himself on a, on a level playing field. What we realised at that point was just watching Connor wasn't enough. In fact, maybe watching Connor was the catalyst for all of this. So you're at the matchroom gym and Nigel says, I want to train here for my comeback fight. Okay, Nigel, who do you want to fight? And you, you imagine he's going to call out someone like Howard Eastman or Bernard Hopkins or Kelly Pavlik. You know, someone who's seen better days but hasn't really been in the ring for a long time. Maybe even Chris Eubank had a push, but Eubank's too smart for all of this. And then you hear it's Sakio Beaker. It wouldn't be a surprise if they dug out Sakio Beaker to fight someone like a Joshua Boatsy now, or a Craig Richards now. Give him a couple of warm-up fights. He's, he's a tough, hard, nuggety, grizzled old man who can still do a fair bit of damage. So now when you hear that he's fighting Sakio Beaker after 23 years out the ring, and I know that they know each other from Australia, and maybe they're friends, I can't comment on that, but this isn't going to be a sympathetic spa. It's 10-ounce gloves, it's going to be regulated, and you know they want to sell tickets and they want to generate this into some kind of an event. So initially when you hear this, what you're thinking is, Please don't do it. Just please don't do it. You're Nigel Ben. You're an all-time great. Please, no. And I imagine the people in the matchroom gym were thinking exactly the same thing. It probably would have only taken one training session, maybe one spa, 
for anyone with an eye for boxing to realise that this is an old man in the ring. And that doesn't mean Nigel Benn has lost that fighting instinct. I still think Nigel Benn's one of the hardest men on the planet. He's one of the scariest guys. And in a street fight, he'd give a lot of these pro boxers a hard time because of who and what he is. But this isn't a street fight he's signing up for. It's a fight. But before that fight is a camp to get ready for that fight. Now, I suspect Tony Sim being steeped in the history of boxing and being an old school guy himself and being a pretty stand-up man from, from what I've experienced and from what people know. You know, Tony's highly respected and I respect him for what he does in the sport. But I also understand Tony's an intelligent man. You can't tell Nigel Ben no. You know, you're, you're training his son. Things can get awkward. Things can get sticky. So you let him do this. And what you do is you say, right, let's just get him in so he can satisfy the itch. He can scratch the itch of being in camp, of training, of sparring. So you give him guys low level. Maybe they gave him Ben Hall. We know Ben Hall's had personal issues outside the ring. And we know that he's now looking to get back into the sport. So he's got enough ring rust about him and enough inexperience that, you know, Nigel might be competitive for a while. So you give him someone like that. And the plan is hopefully work him up the ladder. And just keep testing him. Because let's be honest, if Nigel Ben can handle Ben Hall in sparring, let's just go back to almost the genesis of camp. If Nigel Ben can handle Ben Hall in sparring, you nod your head and go, oh, there might be something there. Then you've got to give him someone else. I don't know, maybe, you know, someone less experienced. One of the guys in the gym, Mikey Saki, or someone that, that, that you know, one of those guys that's normally around that gym. Or even Connor. Put him in with that, see where he goes. And if he's handling himself, you start to give him guys like a Felix Cash. Maybe not in a fully competitive spot, but just to see, can he take some of those shots? But you're going to move him up that ladder. And if he did get to someone like a John Doherty was competitive, then you're like, maybe. But boxing logic tells you you're not going to get that high when you're 54. These are guys who are getting hit every day. And they're young enough and they're ignorant enough for those shots not to hurt. And I said this in my previous episode about this Ben fight. After the age of 30, once you've had time away from, you know, competitive sparring, those punches hurt three or four times more than you remember. The jab to the nose hurts. Whatever scar tissue you've got there is reactivated. You know, you're getting hit around the eyes and you're feeling the abrasions and you can feel every shot because there's more to your life now. It's not just boxing. Boxing is not the be-all and end-all. Impressing that group of men and women in that gym is no longer your be-all and end-all. Now you're feeling every shot. Now, I'm not the same age as Nigel, but I can imagine the feet have started to go. You haven't got those fast twitch fibers. You haven't got the reflexes. And you don't have the mobility you once had. So now all of a sudden, you've got balance issues. You're struggling to stay balanced. And actually, even though it looks like you're bobbing and weaving, you're spending most of your time just correcting your foot position so you can go again. And that should be the trigger to say, I don't know if I've got it anymore. So maybe you get past the Ben Hall. They whack you in with a Felix Cash. 
And those shots get harder and they get heavier and they get tougher. Bang, bang, bang. You're getting hit on the shoulder. You're getting hit on the bicep. It's all starting to hurt. The first sparring session won't hurt because you're a tough guy. Yeah? You're Nigel Ben. Mentally resilient, unbreakable. The second, the third spar, the fourth spar, now you're starting to break down. And you don't have the recovery time in your 50s that you had in your 20s. You might be able to turn around in 24 hours. Now you can't. It's a week to recover from one sparring session. But you're trying to do two or three of them. And now it's coming, the, the realization is dawning that I am breaking down physically. You have a couple of painkillers, maybe an injection in there to calm it down. I need to get through this fight. But the breakdown continues. Spar after spar. And you know, Nigel will know he's getting hit with shots that he never used to get hit with. He'll be seeing everything. His boxing brain interprets everything. His body's just not willing anymore. So I imagine what ended up happening was, as he said himself, he got to spar Craig Richards. Now, Craig is the size of Saki Obika. Similar constitution, same size, you know. And Craig's not a hellacious puncher. He's heavy-handed by all means. He's got a really heavy jab. But it's not a savage punch like some other guys you might, you know, you might encounter who are real punches, like a Denzel Bentley, for example. You know, it's all sort of really crushing punches. So once you get in against someone like Craig and Craig is jabbing you and you're taking all of these because you don't have the reflexes and the mobility you once had. So you're taking them to the face, to the shoulder, to the chest. And you're going, Craig Richards might be just one and a half, two levels above where Sakio Beak would be if he trained and had a couple of warm-up fights. And then you suddenly realize, I don't think I could do this for 10 rounds. Yes, 10 rounds. And so the penny drops and you go, and I, and I hope this was the process Nigel went through where he said, the itch is scratched. I've been in camp. I've been around the guys. I've loved it. But I'm going to hell and back. And I don't think I've got it anymore. That doesn't mean Nigel Ben's not tough. And that doesn't mean Nigel Ben's not a boxing legend. He absolutely is. And his mind will never go. Nigel will always have that. You imagine if he was in the same room as Eubank. He'd feel like a 23-year-old. But these are men who are both the wrong side of 50 now. We don't want to see them fight. You know, Nigel Benn is one of the cornerstones of pay-per-view as a viable business model. Nigel Benn is one of the cornerstones of boxers knowing they can be millionaires many times over and can have a life outside of boxing, which means they don't have to come back. He was able to provide for his children and give them a lifestyle you know, that was more than comfortable and better than he ever had. He elevated his family to a place of national awareness and consciousness. That means Nigel Ben has nothing to prove to any of us and he has no questions left to answer in the sport. And I'm glad that he's accepted it. And what was interesting was it was a shoulder injury, so he didn't say the fight was postponed. He said, I am done. That tells you that the shoulder injury, or whatever it is he received in those sparring sessions, just told him it's a young man's game. And we've all been there before. 
You know, you see kids playing football and you try and dig up your old tricks. Before you know it, you've broken your ankle because you didn't realise. You Number one, you haven't warmed up. Number two, you don't realise your body's not what it used to be. The mind is willing, the body is not. And that's where Nigel finds himself. But if we really look at it, one of the tragedies is that only in boxing could this have ever been considered seriously. Go back to Larry Holmes versus George Foreman when that was mooted in about 90 or 91 and both men were the wrong side of 40 and both men had been to hell and back in their careers. And we still had to hear stories about that. Now look at football. You don't see anyone trying to make a comeback in their 50s to play in the Premiership. It's just not possible. You don't see anyone trying to make a comeback and play in the championship in their 50s. It's not possible. And you definitely can't make a comeback in any of these leagues. I think you could go down to level 9 in the pyramid. And you couldn't make a comeback and expect to be a first team regular if you'd been out the game for 7 to 10 years. Only in boxing is this this acceptable. And to give the board their credit, they were never going to license Nigel. But we still have to ask the question, why can't we let boxers retire? And this goes back to a point where maybe we need to give boxers a defined number of bouts they can have in their career before they can never box again. Because we need to protect boxers from themselves. They'll always believe they can fight. They'll always believe they've got one fight left in them. And give the guys at Matchroom their due. They could have just shut down Nigel Benn and, you know, that might have been more problematic than anything. But what they did is they let Nigel go through the process and let Nigel see for himself that he's a British boxing great, but no longer a British boxer. And I think this is one of those situations where you just say, all's well that ends well. And I hope he enjoys his retirement. Nigel Benn is a national treasure and a reason a lot of people love the sport we call boxing. He's the benchmark of what we want in an entertaining fight. So, no, Nigel Ben, I salute you and I thank you for the memories and I thank you for the experiences. And I thank you for being an amazing person when I met you. But I'm glad we get to finally and officially enjoy my retirement.